Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. I am here with our spectacular producer, Nathan Yoder, and our illustrious co-host, Aaron Mercer, and I am Peter Englert. This podcast is brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. We are here to respond to the questions that you don't feel comfortable asking in church. And today, we are closing our series on goals for the new year, and we are with Ashley Cross. She's in several different roles. We're going to have her introduce herself, Um, but we are responding to the question, why would I have spiritual goals for the new year? So, Aaron, what do you think? I think this has been a great series. Uh, It's so good to... uh, be looking at different different goals we should be looking at for the new year so um this may be the last episode certainly not the least actually probably the most important one of all of them <laughs> uh spiritual goals and i'm so glad that ashley's here with us too i actually you've it's been such a blessing to have you um interact with our church and preach at our church yeah. and i'm glad i haven't had a chance to just sit down and talk with you so this is kind of fun so yeah. thanks for being here yeah no thank you for having me it's always so much fun and, and a blessing to be here so uh, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, you, oh, go, no, you go, man. No, I was going to say, I'd, you said that we'd get a little background. I'd love to, I know some of the ministries you're involved with here, but I'd yeah. love to hear more about your background and, and actually how you got here to Rochester. You came from Oklahoma, is that right? I did, but I'm not an Oklahoman. Oh, you're not? Okay. No, so I'm actually from Denver, Colorado. Oh, wow. Yeah, born and raised in Denver, uh, spent a year in Alabama running track and then transferred to Oral Roberts University. So that's how I landed in Tulsa, and that's where Mel and I met. Okay. Lived there for 10 years, did a lot of work with um, girls aging out of the foster care system, um, kind of reconnected with Melvin, uh, got engaged, got married a year later, and then relocated here to Rochester in 2016. Um, so that's how I landed here. Um, but I grew up, like I said, in, in Denver. Um, my mother is a believer, has been a believer all my life. My father uh, is not. So I grew up kind of in a in, in a household where um, there was a little bit of conflict around what we what we believed and what we practiced. Mm. So real quick, we have to ask it because uh, Monday night there's this big game. Do you care who wins? <laughs> I have to. I have to root for the Broncos, like all the time, <laughs> hands oh, down. Okay. Um, my mother, father, grandparents, everybody—they they bleed orange and blue. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was wondering with Alabama roll tide. Oh, oh! I thought you were saying that the Broncos were playing. See, that's—I don't even watch it. I just have to shout them out. <laughs> so I just—I thought awesome. that that's where we were going because I was like, oh no! If he's talking about the Broncos, I have to. It's always roll tide. Okay, okay. Always. Yeah. You know, that's that's good to know for our War Eagle fans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you know, I love that that brief history. Why don't you just share what you do in Rochester? Um, yeah. You're in a number of different roles, so go yeah, ahead and share that. Yeah, so um, I am actually the executive director and founder of the Hub 585, and I also pastor alongside my amazing husband, Melvin, uh, at Glory House International. Uh, and so those are kind of the two hats that I wear, um, do a lot of um, activism and um, advocacy work uh, pertaining to youth and and families that are involved with the child welfare. And so rolled out the CARE portal in 2018, 19. Uh, since then, we've been able to unify 14 churches uh, to respond to the needs of children and families um, that are most vulnerable in our community. So that's one of the things that I'm super proud of, um, not just because we're meeting the needs of children and families, but because churches are working together mm. um, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so uh, that that's one of my, my big goals here is I just, I love unifying the church. Um, henceforth, one of the reasons that I love being a pastor at Glory House, but coming to Browncroft is like my second home, <laughs> um, because to me we're just one big body, you know. Yeah. And so it, it's it's always nice to see believers, um, you know, push aside every other agenda outside of Jesus and just get together for that one commonality. Um, so yeah, that that's what I've been doing Amen. since I've I've come here to Rochester, and I love every minute of it. Mm-hmm. Can you, uh, I mean, we might have gotten into this later on, but it's a good time. Can you just give a quick two, three minute overview of what Care Portal is, is so people yeah. know? Yeah, so it's a it's a platform uh, that links the local church um, with the needs of children and families that are impacted by the Department of Human Services. So we have probably 40 plus uh, DHS workers that have access to the care portal. They put in a need. It shoots it out to our 14 partner churches who then shoot it out to their response team, which collectively make up almost 700 
uh, Christians, 700 Bible-believing Christians that see these needs and then go out and meet the need. Uh, but it's not about just a transaction. It's not about taking the bed to the family. It's about taking the bed to the family and letting them know who you are and why you're doing what you do. Mm-hmm. And so it's wow. a great way to, to connect in a very authentic um non-intrusive way with with vulnerable people in our community um, so it's just beautiful to be able to be the the hands and feet and we're able to do it using technology yeah. um, but really it being spearheaded by the local church man that's that, so cool that that's beautiful you and know, it's the government like it's the government asking for the church yeah. to be what the church already is and so I, I love that we don't have to compromise in the very beginning i let them know hey this is not transactional you guys do know that we preach Jesus, we love Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's why we're doing what we do. And they had no problem with it, and, and I love it. They throw up the need, and the need gets met. And yep. wow, yep. that's awesome. You know, and I love how we started, because <clears throat> over the past two years with the pandemic, we don't hear a lot of those stories. right? And so as I think about this question, how you're uniquely qualified with your experience to answer this, what do you think are the biggest spiritual challenges from your vantage point that we're facing as a culture? Yeah, I think one of them, um, people are having a hard time not having answers Mm. to hard questions. Um, I think over the last two or three years, we've seen so many things happen, right? Now we're just talking, you know, racial injustice, political things, a pandemic, all of these things, these are hard blows to all to experience all at once. Mm. And you can't go to a believer and say, hey, why did God do this? Mm. And we all have the same answer. Like it, it's it's God's sovereignty. We don't we don't know why all of this is happening. And with someone who may be already struggling in their faith or don't have a really solid foundation, God's sovereignty, that just might not be enough of an answer. Mm. They, they want to know exactly why. I think that's a huge challenge. Um, I think another challenge is um, the increased uh, amount of disunity, I think, that we've, we've, we've displayed, and that's been showcased. Social mm. media is a two-edged sword. It's a blessing and it's a curse. You know, people can get on there and, and say things that from the outside looking in, it would make it look like we don't really have a grasp on what we believe mm-hmm. or why we believe what we believe. And so I think that there is this this false misconception that the church um, is chaotic and we're not. There's so much more unity than what I think what people see. Mm. Um, and that's the, that's the curse of social media is it makes everything look so negative. But me as someone who works with 14 amazing churches on a consistent basis and see them fully unified, mm. I'm like, it's not as bad as it, as it looks, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I think that those are some of those, the, the challenges is it's, it's, people don't have answers um, to life's hard questions. And I think that the pandemic has caused people to feel disconnected from God because they're disconnected from a physical church Mm. on a consistent basis. That was really hard for a lot of people that first year, you know, not going into church. Hugs mean a a lot to people. You know, that physical interaction means a lot to people. And again, if their foundations were not laid, then the interactions that they have with people, it almost equals the interactions that they have with God. Um, and so I think that those are some of the challenges that we've, we've been seeing. In the last couple of years, um, it's hard to believe the you know, pandemic's been going on that long, but yeah. it has. I mean, where, where have you found, if people are getting disconnected from church um, or whatever faith community they may have been in, but what... What are they filling that with? What, how have they been, you know, we're talking about spiritual goals for the new year. I'm sure people had spiritual, they had to meet a spiritual need somewhere in their life or, or they're feeling the hole somewhere in the last couple of years. What have you been, what have you seen people have been trying to fill that with if they have not been connecting with, mm. uh, with church or somehow connecting with, with, with God? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are filling it with other ways to connect with people, mm-hmm. right? So instead of, you know, you, you can you can pull out your Facebook on any Sunday and see a bunch of different churches, right? And there's a lot of different spiritualities and there's a lot of different practices. And so people are starting to fill it with, 
and I don't want to make this generalized statement because it's not everybody, but a lot of people are starting to fill it with whatever feels good. Hmm. Mm. Right. And so it feels good to sometimes get on social media and just start clicking and watching videos and going off, being curious about different types of spirituality. And and it's like, hold on, we have to be anchored back into the thing that we know to be true. Um, And so you're starting to see a lot of people just kind of open themselves up to different forms, different practices, different beliefs, um, because they have not been in a place where they feel like they could be discipled. You know, that's a that's a great point. And I, I want to hear your perspective, because <clears throat> we live in this culture that it's almost like golden corral spirituality mm-hmm. where, you know, I can go get my steak and terrible tasting mac and cheese. Um, you know, I can get I'll take a little from Hinduism. I'll take a little bit of Buddhism. And I think even Christians say all truth is God's truth. But what does someone miss when they're not like rooted and again obviously we're biased you know we're followers of jesus i'll come right out and say that but thinking about that person that's trying to take a little bit of everything what do you think that they miss (laughs) sorry i'm feeling bad for the golden corral right now i mean man (laughs) man Ooh, I mean, threw him under the bus there. I mean, Golden Corral. There's, but a you know lot what? Let let let's move on that that example, okay? Because Golden Corral offers a lot of food, but you don't ever hear somebody say, "I want to go to Golden." I go to Golden Corral for a good steak. Yeah, like you get a little bit of everything, but Golden Corral just almost it's just it's okay. It's not <laughs> the most amazing food. If I want a really good steak, I'm going to Tornados because mm. they specialize in steaks. So it's the same thing. If, if you are dibbling in a little bit of everything, you're really not getting the fullness of Jesus. Mm. You're, not, you're, not, you're not able to really, because you're, you're mm. taking a little bit of everything and it's distracting you from really focusing on the real answer. Mm. It's, it's distracting you from focusing on the true value and the intimacy that you can experience by just anchoring yourself in Jesus. Jesus is, he is the only way. And like you said, we're, we're biased because that, I mean, that, that's what we believe, that's what we've experienced, that's what we know to be true. Mm. But if I'm saying that I'm gonna dibble in a little bit of this and Hindu, then I don't really believe that Jesus is everything. Mm. And, and that, that within itself, it creates this almost this cognitive dissonance, right? Where I can come in and I can practice a religion that really does require me to throw my my all into my belief that Jesus is the center. There's no way that you can you can kind of dibble in both. Well, and one thing I want to kind of follow up on with that because you you talked about, and this is something that I struggle with. I'm I'm a digital pastor. We mm-hmm. do. Um, online church uh, I still believe in in-person ministry and yep. we're trying to figure it out yeah um, but it seems and I could be really wrong and our listeners could push back but it seems like the the spiritual golden corral is an individual mission that's devoid of community mm-hmm. but the church hasn't been the most welcoming community but that's kind of like relationships are messy. So how do you see that interplay of the individuals that I'm going on my self journey, eat, pray, love, you know, not to throw that book Mm -hmm. under the bus, Mm -hmm. but then you're missing out on the hugs, the connection. Yeah. How are you wrestling with that? You know, it's, I just told someone the other day, it's never, it's typically not either or it's both and Mm. right. So how do I find balance to be able to do both? Mm-hmm. Right. To be able to pull back maybe from the community just a little bit to, to anchor myself, to know that, hey, I, I have to make sure that I'm not I'm not putting um, my relationship with Jesus in the hands of, of flawed individuals. But then how do I also understand that Jesus is all about people? He was mm. with people. He 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 he. He fellowshiped with people. The discipleship is about being with people, growing with people and growing in our faith together. Jesus, God within himself is a community. Mm. <laughs> you know, he, 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 he got lonely. He needed to be with people, right? And so he, he, so in that he creates us to be like him. So as much as I'm, I'm much of an introvert, so there are times that I'm like, you know, I, I really just need to be alone. But I understand that that's not, that can't be how I live my faith out. 
mm. like where I'm just, I want to be alone all the time, right? So it's, it's how do I figure out both, mm. right? How do I figure out how I can be, you know, the authentic me and not have to really focus so much on being in this space all the time, but how do I also make sure that I, I always prioritize the church as well? Mm. Does that make sense? You know, uh-huh. kind of trying to make sure that there, it, it's, it's a both and. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, I, I love the, the question and I love how you, you uh, dove into that question there. Um, you know, I, I'm curious, I guess, kind of jumping off of Peter's question a little bit. Um, what are people thinking about when they're thinking about spirituality? I mean, we talk about people being part of different uh, being a Christian or you mentioned Hinduism before or whatever, but like when someone says I'm spiritual, what are they, <laughs> what are they getting at? What do they mean? Um, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, if the, if our conversation is about spiritual goals for the new year, what are people even thinking about when they're saying spiritual? Yeah. I think when people are talking about spirituality, they're talking about some form of liberation, hmm. right? some, some form of freedom, right? So, I'm, I'm connected to a higher being, right? It's that I do realize that it's not just me. I realize that I need some type, some form of supernatural assistance to get through life. Right. Spirituality is very vague. So if somebody says I'm spiritual, why well, I need to know what does that mean, mm-hmm. right? Do you believe in many gods? Do you believe in one God? Do you, I mean, the enemy, he's a spiritual being. So mm. what, what does it mean to be spiritual? And so, Do you believe in a force right. know, or something like that? Yeah, right. yeah. Whatever and, and, it is. And most people, unless you're completely, I, 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 and I could be a little wrong here, but I, I think atheism, you know, being an atheist would be the only people that would say I'm not spiritual, I don't believe in anything. But most people are spiritual to some some mm. in some degree so we would want to know well what what do you mean when you say you're spiritual mm. Mm. man uh we were kind of going off script of, but that this is why we do this because our first long form conversations recorded so <laughs> um, so let, let's kind of come back to the topic and i think we can hit that because i think our listeners are kind of all over the place but for you personally you know as a jesus christ follower what um what are your spiritual goals for this next year? Yeah, yeah. So I actually wrote them down. Um, I have I have a few. So one of mine is um, I want to take a two week sabbatical out of the country. And you know why is that spiritual, right? Instead of it just being a, the two week vacation, um, because it, it's creating a space for me just to be with Jesus for two weeks, right? And and for me that it's hard. It is hard for me to like completely clear my plate and say, I'm not answering emails. I'm not, this is about just me on a spiritual journey. So that's one of my goals. Um, The other is to read the entire Bible. Um, I failed at this last year. I started, I got to like July and I got five days behind and just felt like I'm probably not going to catch up and just kind of lost it. So to read the entire Bible um, and I I had to find a plan that worked for me. I had to find a a schedule that worked for me. um, But that's one of my goals. I also want to read 12 books that increase my spiritual health. So that's a book a month. Um, Listen to it, read it, whichever way I get the information. um, That's one of my goals. And uh, another one is to fast weekly. I want to make sure that I am fasting once a week instead of it just being at the top of the year, right? Mm. So we typically fast together for 21 days in January, but I want that to be a consistent discipline in Mm. my life. Um, And the final one is to continue growing as a emotionally healthy leader. Mm. So I wanna come back to you on the fasting idea. Yeah. How do you understand fasting? Um, Is fasting just food or is it social media? You know, Mm -hmm. and even to our listeners that kind of they're aware of it, but maybe not aware to maybe the the Christian perspective. You know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think it, it depends on one where you are in your journey, mm-hmm. right? If you're a new believer, then fasting is is it is anything that you know you could potentially esteem higher than your time with God, mm-hmm. right? So it's it, for for me, I, I look at the the things that could become an idol in my life. Right. And if, if social media is one of those things and it's 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 on the plate with the steak and everything else, it's, it's the thing that has to go. 
Um, and so, yes, it could be a fast from social media. Um, for me, it's specifically food, right? Because mm. that that could be a challenge for me. Um, when I don't eat, I can get frustrated. I can get cranky. Um, and so those are things for me. It's like that. that's a challenge for me. It has to be something that's a challenge. I can get off of social media for a day. That's not a challenge. And I used to, that used to be kind of my cop out fast. Like I'm just gonna get off of social media for the day. And I realized like, that's not challenging me at all. Um, fasting is not the same as, as a diet, right? Mm-hmm. I can go all day without eating or I can do intermittent fasting, but it's about me taking that time that I would normally be eating to set aside to be with Jesus. Mm. Well, and so now I wanna push back because your goals are super helpful. So, um, churches, Christians, I, I fall into this as a pastor. January comes and yeah. we say, you should read your Bible in the year. <laughs> Why? Um, that is our blueprint for life. I, I, I've decided I, I can't be a Christian uh, uh, and teach people what it means to be a Christian if I have not read our manual. Hmm. Like if I, I, I want I want to divulge myself in this thing. This is it, it, it is it's it's our food, right? And so um I have never read the Bible cover to cover. I've read a lot of the different books, I've studied a lot of different books, but for me it's very important that I form that as a as a habit of mine to read the Bible every year. Mm. Um and, and when I read it this year and I then go and read it. I'm, I'm in the book of Job right now and I'm getting nuggets that I didn't get last year, mm. right? And so because our, our lenses change, our perspective change, we mature and as we mature, we can read something and it means something completely different than it meant three years ago when we read the Bible. Mm. Um, and so when you look at the spiritual disciplines of, of other religions, they dedicate themselves to the, whatever is their word. Mm. And so for me, I, I think that sometimes that could be something that not even just, I want to, I'll just say me as a Christian, that's something that I don't think I value the fact that I have my answers right here. Why am I not prioritizing this book, Mm. this manual, this word, this diet on a daily basis? Mm. No, that's good. I think, I think, uh, I'm glad you asked that question too, Peter, because it is something we, we, at Browncroft, we have a, um, a read 365 plan. It's actually a two year plan. Um, but I also have valued reading the Bible through in a year. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's, it's hard for me to, I tried just doing it every year for a while. Um, I, I've gone into a uh, every other year because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it's hard for me to finish up Revelation and then jump right back into Genesis on, on yeah. January 1st. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but I think it really, I mean, there is a power to that. I, I agree. Like, you know, it's, um, there are things when I was reading the Bible through in a year this past year that I, you know, I've read it through, I've, I've been a Christian for a long time, but there are things that I was finding that I wasn't finding before. And I think sometimes the plans are interesting too, because Mm -hmm. what plan you're using, the plan I used this past year, actually, it was really interesting. I think, I think it was following a chronological order, which if you're reading Job might be similar. And it actually, it ended with Revelation on the New Testament, but on the Old Testament, it ended with Nehemiah, which was hmm. kind of different than what I'd done in the past. And, um, you know, you're right. You, your context changes depending on how, how uh, you know, where you are in life, mm-hmm. um, where you are physically, where you are just through life stages. But even time of year sometimes changes how you might read a different, a different thing. So I think right. that's really great. I'm really curious about, like, what you're going to do with the the out of country, like how are you gonna choose a spiritual place for out of country? Are you thinking like Ireland? Are you thinking about Israel? I mean, what are you thinking about? You know about? what, I don't, I, I don't know yet. I don't know yet, we're, <laughs> we're still trying to figure that out. My husband and I are gonna do it together, so we're oh. looking at some different places. Um, I don't even know that for me, it's, it's so important that it's like a spiritual place mm-hmm. as much as it is just a place away. Like mm-hmm. I just want, you know, I, I do want some learning components and things like that, but, um, I don't know. I don't know where we're going yet. Um, so we've already kind of started looking at, at a few different places. Um, but I, I, I really want to go to Africa, which is, I know, not like the most spiritual place in terms of like Christianity. And but it's it's somewhere that I've always wanted to go. And I'm like, yeah. that'd be nice to get away. Some and I guess the key probably is some place where people can't reach you or where you're that's, less that's what get. I'm looking yeah. for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere where it's hard for me to get distracted somewhere where I'm going to make sure that I dedicate time 
um, to, again, my Bible, my journal, solitude. I almost wanted to do like a, um, a silent retreat with monks, like real Christian monks, and just be silent for for some time. Yeah. So that was something that I thought about doing, but I don't think I'm going to do that yet. But <laughs> I don't think I I don't think I'll make it. But um, but yeah, so that those are some of the things we're we're kind of looking into right now. What if someone was? Uh, so I mean, you know, I think there's probably a lot of people who who might be thinking about what. Spirits. I mean, we're we're in January now, but it's not too late to set up new goals. In fact, all. one of our previous guests, uh, Jeff Henderson, actually talked about um, was that first and ten? Is that first what he said? And 10. So, trying to carry the energy of uh, January throughout the year, you know, setting goals for the first ten days of every month, mm-hmm. so that you kind of have that energy going in each one. So, hey, if if we're if this uh, this is coming out at the end of January and February is coming, it would be a good time to set a new goal. Um, but so spiritual goals wise, what what would you suggest someone, you know, let's say somebody in their 20s, like what, you know, what would be something that someone should, that person should be thinking about? Like what would help nourish uh, my spirit? What would, not just nourish my spirit, but open me up to whatever God might be um, having in mind for me. What goals should I be uh, pressing into? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with that question, I think I want to think about it. Um less through the lens of like chronological age and more around like spiritual maturity. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, because you might have a 20 year old that's been doing this for some time. Sure. You know, or we might have a 40 year old that just got saved. Um, so I think for me, when we're talking about maybe a new believer, um, I would develop just a consistent devotional life, mm. right? I know we talked about like reading the Bible every year and you even got me thinking because I'm like, Reading the Bible and studying the Bible are two different things. Mm. So you can read through the Bible in a year. You cannot study the entire Bible in a year, right? So the first year you might read through it. The second year you might study a few books that really stood out to you and dig deep into it, right? And so new believer, mature believer, figure out your devotional rhythm. Right. It do you wait? Is it easier for you to really be clear and 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 be able to really focus early in the morning or later at night? Mm-hmm. When do you want to really take a you know or or maybe you you have a you know short attention span? You can't do a whole hour. You can't you know. So you do thirty minutes in the morning, thirty minutes at night, fifteen minutes in the morning, fifteen minutes at night. Mm-hmm. You know, break it up into your your natural rhythm. And so just figuring that out. You know, what is what does my consistent devotional look like? Um, pray. You know, if, if you're a newer believer, just set aside time to pray for five minutes a day, mm-hmm. right? You know, make your petitions known, you know, spend time repenting. Like, Lord, you know, if there's any you know, unknown sin in my life, like show it to me, you know, just make that a consistent um, practice. Um, one of my favorite books is Waking the Dead by John Eldridge. Mm. Um, and I would say that maybe making that a spiritual goal to get through that book this year. It's such a good book. Um, that I think is good for for new believers and again, again, even mature believers. And uh, another really cool goal I thought about was, you know, witness to someone once a week. Mm. You know, it definitely as a new believer because you're passionate. Like this is like, you know, sometimes newer believers are the most passionate. Like they, they've just been set on fire, right? Mm-hmm. How do I keep that passion alive? Well, mm-hmm. witness to people. Anytime I tell people about Jesus, it just sparks something in me. Mm. Right. And so keep the passion alive by witnessing to one person a week. And it doesn't have to be anything super weird or creepy, but just figuring out a way. How can I share my love for Jesus once a week with someone who might not know? Yeah. No, that was I'm glad you said that. I was going to I was going to press into that, actually. And like, what do you for someone who might not be coming from a church background who's listening right now? What is that? What does that mean? What, but maybe it may be a new Christian. Actually, maybe someone who's been a Christian for a while and just isn't really uh, it doesn't, you know, Maybe it doesn't use the language that w- that we've heard for many years. But what when you say witness, what do you mean by that? As far as like when you look for someone to engage with during the week, what does that mean? Witnessing? Yeah. So looking for someone that you feel like they need to hear about what about the hope that lies within me, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm at work and I'm noticing that this woman consistently complains about her marriage, open door right there. Mm-hmm. You know share a time that maybe you you were experiencing a little bit of of conflict in a relationship that meant a lot to you mm. right and you know i really didn't know that this relationship was going to last but i started to really pray about it and through my prayers this is what i seen happen 
that's a very easy way, you know, and it's not like, hey, have you accepted Christ as your savior? If you did, he'd save your marriage, you know, or something like that. No, it's just we all have challenges in our relationships. Mm. And because this relationship meant so much to me, I dedicated time to praying for it every day. And mm. as a result, I seen X, Y, and Z happen. You know, that's it. That's an easy way to, to witness. Um, and so that's, I think that, you know, that that's what I look for. I look for when people open up a door and they don't even know they opened it up, right? And yeah. that's typically through their frustrations, through their complaints, through crisis that happened in their lives. Those are opportunities for us to come in and share about the hope that lies within us. You know, it's it's interesting. You talked about maybe younger Christians. I, I even want to back up. You know, we got some skeptics, some de-church people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. And... You know, I'm going to throw this out there as my opinion. You can just kind of push back. Um, I think one of Jesus's common in- invitations is come and see. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're de-churched or unchurched, maybe a spiritual goal is read your Bible. I'd encourage you to do that. Download version, get a plan. But, you know, I think I'd, I'd encourage someone come and see, just show up at church. Yep. You know, pick pick a Sunday. And, and I'm even saying this cause I I'm in conversations with people that are very sensitive to the coronavirus. They don't want to get a family member sick. And, you know, my question to them is when, like, when are you kind of coming back? What does that look mm-hmm. like? Is it a number? Is it a date? So, you know, I guess I'm kind of fusing two things together, but to the de-churched and unchurched, I'd, I'd wonder how you respond to them. But also, you know, you've talked about a lot there. You're, you know, all three of us were, were staff at church. Right. We got to show up. <laughs> like, but yeah. there is that habit out there. So how do you respond to the D church person? How do you respond to the person that's concerned, but also, Hey, like there's part of getting hugs and stuff. Yeah. So like the D church person, I think there's something beautiful about wrestling with your faith, right? Mm. Like I, I being D church to me just means that, okay, they're they're on a journey to experiencing God in a more authentic way than maybe they did in the past, mm. right? So if you're not if you're de church and you're just not ready to come back into the building, find one accountability partner, like mm. one really strong believer. Have a very authentic conversation with them. Hey, man, this is why I'm struggling in my faith, mm. and I'm not ready to just completely give up, but I'm not ready to completely engage church again. Mm. So I want you to hold me accountable. And over the next year, I want to have some hard conversations with you. And I just mm. need you to show up for me. Mm. Right. Just let's start there. Right. That's great. For the person that's kind of struggling with Corona and just kind of like, when do I come back? I'm uncomfortable. Again, find me one person and say, I need you to hold me accountable because I need to make sure I don't fall off the grid. Mm. Right. So hold me accountable. The, the, the numbers are going back up. But I want you to hold me accountable and make sure that I'm back in at church by this date, mm. right? Because there there has to come a point where yes, I'm sensitive to the fact, and we we even talk about this. I talked to my husband about this. We have to be sensitive to the fact that not everybody is in the same place in their faith. Mm. Everybody's also not in the same place in their health. Mm. I'm a lot more comfortable with going out, but I also don't have a whole lot of underlying conditions. Mm. Right, so the, it, it 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 it's it's a mix of both health and then your your faith as well. But even in that, we got to at some point we have to say I, I I'm just going to trust God, <laughs> like mm-hmm. regardless, right? So in your mind and with someone that you trust, say hey don't don't let me go past this date mm-hmm. of not coming back. Mm-hmm. I I. Uh there's there's a lot of good stuff you just said there but one of the things that I was kind of keen in on is you were having asking someone else to keep you accountable or yeah. you know in that scenario um even before that when you were talking about going on your the spiritual retreat I mean you you're talking about you and your husband which you, you should but that's also not not just uh that's someone else to help keep you accountable to yep. it you've shared that dream Yep. with him. Um, I guess now you've shared it with all of our listeners. Too, but, um, but, uh, if anybody wants to buy a plane ticket for Ashley, <laughs> oh, please email. do. Hurry. <laughs> Ashley Cross, you know, Dr. Ashley uh, Cross. There you go. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to contact. Um, so what, in spiritual goals in general, like how, 
um, there may be things you, uh, how do you know there was something, when, when is there something that you should be pursuing yourself versus, you know, do you want to at least one other accountability partner? Do you want a kind of a board of advisors? What, what's been your experience with that? What would you recommend to people as far as yeah. uh, making sure they stick with whatever the goals are? Yep. I think all of our goals should be written down and shared with at least one, one other person. Mm. Like my husband knows all of my goals. Like, I, you know, whether they're career goal, whatever they are, I shared them with him for the year. And then depending on what the goal is, I might invite someone else, you know, a colleague, a mentor, a friend to see some of the other goals that would be relevant to the work that maybe we're doing together. So even if it's a spiritual goal, you know, this it, spiritual is really all about, it's, it's, you and, it's you and God. But you can also invite other people in on that journey, right? So it, my, my goal, read the Bible in a year. That's one of my goals. I've invited a few other people in on the same exact plan that I'm reading. Because they're going to wake up in the morning, they're going to see if I check. By the time they go to bed, they're going to see if it's checked off or not. And they give me a gentle nudge. Right. Um, and so I think it's always wise to write our goals down and share them with at least one other person and tell and give that person a permission to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes like somebody will share a goal with me, but I don't really know if I'm allowed to like check in in a, in a, in a month. You know, because right. like, I don't really want to fit. So the, I, I let people know I, I th- it's okay for you to check in on me. Like, I would not be offended if you let me know, like, hey, you're slacking. Remember? Remember you say you wanted mm. to do this? So that's great. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I've, I know for for me, that's, uh, you know, I mentioned the reading the Bible through the year last year. One great thing for me was I was doing that with, with my wife. And yeah. again, we use, it sounds like you might be using version. I'm not sure if you are or not. But yep. what, so, um, but yeah, we you know made sure we could see each other on the plan, and that way we knew that what, you get the little check mark once you've yep. done done it through, and um, you know, you, you can. Uh, for me, it was it's with my wife, or it could be with a friend, or wh- whoever it is, but someone like you said who can kind of be like, so how's it how's it going? I saw you fell a few days behind. Are you what's your plan to get get back? And yeah, and um, it's a good it's a good pursuit, even for something that's not even a year. I mean. On you version, for example, there's reading plans for that are five days, but you, yep. you can say, okay, well, we're going to get through X in five days, five days later. Oh, how are you doing on that? No, I yep. think it's great. I think that's a yeah. really helpful thing. And I, and I think all of this is hitting in on Keystone Habits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think as you read Pew and Barna and Lifeway, that all these organizations that do things on spirituality, they talk about the health of reading the Bible. We had... Yeah. We had John Plake on from the American Bible Society and talked about anxiety levels from people that read the Bible daily. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of some of our listeners that are like, you know, why should I read the Bible? And it's, I mean, this is going to sound so like trite, but it's like, if you want to be less anxious, one of a helpful Absolutely. way, yep. and I'm married to a mental health therapist, please go see your mm-hmm. mental health therapist. But yeah. like there's certain keystone habits that open up other angles of your life. So I'd agree with all of that too, that the Bible reading, there's something that's formational about it. Yeah. I do I do want to make sure that we hit you said you were gonna talk about mature goals for mature believers. Did you hit on that? Did I miss or Yeah, or? no, I, I wrote down a few, um, again, read the Bible in a year. Yeah. Um, but to stretch yourself in prayer. Mm. Stretch yourself in fasting. Right? So for the mature believer, you might say, I, I, I really want to throughout the year, I want to do a 21 day fast, mm. or I want to fast once a month, or I want to fast every week. But figuring out what that is, mm. you know, what how, how can I get into a consistent discipline of fasting, um, and then prayer. You know, the 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 newer believer, I said five to ten minutes. You know, the more mature believer, set aside twenty to thirty minutes mm. to talk to talk to God. Um, you know, write those prayer points out, go back and see, you know, where you're at with that. Um, witness to another person a year. And then the book that I had for the, the a little bit more um, mature believer was to read Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Mm. If you're a leader, read Emotionally Healthy Leader, right? If you're doing discipleship, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. Um, really because the Emotionally Healthy spir- um, Spirituality, the, those series really lead you into s- looking at yourself, mm. right? Which... I think the the more that we grow in our spirituality, the more that it's so important for us to know us, right? And, and it, we know Jesus by reading his book, right? Reading, reading the Bible, but then we have to start, it, it will start to showcase us. 
And so um, I love reading the Emotionally Healthy uh, series. And I think that mature believers should really get on that kind of that, that process of becoming emotionally healthy. You know, I want to come back. We should all probably mention other books that we think people should read yeah. for the year. But um, you said Waking the Dead. And there's two parts. And I might be mixing up because I've read a few John Eldridge books yeah. that like I think the reason why you read spiritual books is because they they open up certain things that God can kind of surface so he talks about the tin man from um um why am I blanking out it's like Ju Judy Garland Wizard of Oz Wizard of Wizard Oz, Oz. Yep. um <laughs> you know I'm already like memory loss you know I'm losing hair <laughs> I can come up it's been a tough 2022 yeah, already it's been a tough okay. you know we're five days <laughs> in that's good but, you know, he really delves in and he talks and it's almost hinting at burnout mm -hmm. of like, this is what happens. And, you know, he tells the story that he used to be in love and, and all of a sudden he's like, that's a picture of our lives that yeah. like we're dead. And then the second one, and I want to say this was from it, this book, but I could be wrong. Someone's going to correct me on Twitter or something. But um, he talks about going to the house of a girlfriend that dumped him yeah. and stopping there to cry. And, you know, some of you might be listening to Peter, why are you bringing this up? This is all mushy, gushy. But <laughs> I, I think that there's facets in those books that open you up to kind of say, okay, God, what are you trying to surface? Yep. What are you trying yep. to open up? And if you don't go through that, and the way John Eldridge writes, I know he's not for everybody, but you're going to surface those things. And that's, that's kind of, I love that you mentioned that book. Yeah. I think any faith area, it's, it's a good read, even if you disagree to just kind of what surfaces when I read something like this. Yep. And I think my favorite part of that book is him bringing readers into the knowledge that we have a new heart, mm -hmm. that we are mm -hmm. a new creation. Um, and so for me, I, I always have new believers read it because it's like when you come to Christ, it's like you come to Christ with all your baggage. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can just start to carry this heavy burden. Like I'm so, I, I, I have a horrible heart. I have this, there's so much wrong with me. And he kind of level sets it like, hold on, you just accepted Christ. You are a new creation. Like you don't have to keep praying for a new heart. You have a new heart. Mm -hmm. Now you have to spend the rest of your life learning how to live from your new nature. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to keep asking for a new one. You have a new one. Now you're trying to catch up with what Jesus has already made you. Like mm -hmm. you're trying to learn how to be that new person, but you already are that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's so important for new believers to read and to understand because if you can, if you can really understand that early on, I think it just it helps because, you know, the enemy always comes in and really tries to make people believe as if they're not who Jesus intended them to be or created mm -hmm. them to be. And if we can already get that part down, not saying everything else is going to be easy, but it would be easier. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's do this like a little fire round. You mentioned a few books. We'll give you one more book to recommend. And then. But Aaron, if you could recommend one book <laughs> for spiritual goals. Well, man, this is good because I was about to say, I was going to ask Ashley, like, where, what's a top, where is a place to look for a top 10 list of books that we should be looking at? But so I guess we're just going to offer some. Um, sure. I mean, I'm always a fan of, of uh, C.S. Lewis. Um, I mm -hmm. think that both his fiction and nonfiction, I, every time I read it, uh, and it's been a little while, I guess, since I've read um, I used to read a lot of C.S. Lewis and I just need to get back into it again. But every time I read, whether it's his fiction books or nonfiction, um, you know, it's whether it's a mere Christianity uh, or it's yeah. the Narnia series or um, there are some, he has a great space trilogy that is very, opens up a lot of spiritual questions actually. Um, and it be entertaining at the same time. Um, you know, there's a whole whole number of books. He has a book on Psalms. But I actually, when you said that, so C.S. Lewis is kind of my go-to uh, mm -hmm. because I just love I love his work so much. But uh, I also, what came to mind too was uh, uh, Dallas Willard's uh, Life Without Lack. Um, mm. And that book, I just think it, it asks a lot of um, Power, it opens up a lot of powerful questions, and and um, specifically just knowing that we can we can rely on God. We don't lack anything when we're when we yeah. are uh, relying on God. He is our sustainer, our provider. Um, we don't need to worry. Um, and then just kind of getting into what does that mean, and um, what is it to rest in 
uh, in God and not to not have to worry. So I think that's a maybe that's something maybe that's a good one for this year. People not needing to worry. There's plenty been plenty mm-hmm. to worry about. So yeah, that'll be my answer for now. How about that, Peter? I got one. It's "Live No Lies" by John Mark Comer, um, and the reason why I like it, it takes a lot of the controversial issues and really just it challenges you as a person, but also as a, as a society. What do we? what are we really believing and do we know where this has come from and um you know i just i've given it out to a few people and so that would be a book because i don't think that we're as reflective as a culture as we need to be Mm -hmm. and i think we say things and you know whether it's christian or non-christian political party um versus and we don't realize the history or even just the philosophy behind that and so i just think that that book whether you're a christian or not it just at least challenges some of the assumptions you might still have the same opinions but if you never challenge where that thought came from um, and even just a personal lie like a childhood vow or something like yeah, that yeah. you need to know where that comes from so i think he practices that well yeah i see you you got you got some more books so we're gonna <sighs> throw it to you i um, so the next book because i only get three so um, the next one I would do would be uh, Holier Than Thou by Jackie Hill Perry. Okay. Um, she walks you through a thorough understanding of what holy means. Mm. Like when we're talking about God, we're not saying that holy is one of his attributes. It is the attribute mm. and how everything about God flows from him being holy, mm. his goodness, his love, his kindness, his faithfulness, even his wrath. Everything flows from him being holy. Um, so I just love it. But I also love um, it's a study. It's a devotional that she wrote on the book of Jude. Oh, wow. And it's it's so powerful. Um, and, and she has actually a YouTube video um, kind of talking through the devotional on Jude and her and her time just studying Jude and what it really means and what it really looks like to contend for the faith. Mm. Um, and so those would those would kind of be my my last two recommendations. Mm. I thought you said three. Oh, well, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, oh, okay. Breaking the Dead, The Emotionally Healthy yep. Leader, um, I'm reading right now. And John Eldridge actually has another one called Moving Mountains about prayer. And it's really good because it talks about what it what it looks like or sounds like or is to pray uh, new covenant prayers because sometimes we go into praying old covenant prayers, mm. right? Which is like, Lord created me a clean heart. And that, that's where you come into the waking the dead, where hold on, you don't have to pray that anymore. You have a new heart. Lord, teach me what it looks like to live from my new heart mm. because you've already created me a new heart at the moment of salvation. Um, so that's also a really good book. Man, we got a whole book list now. <laughs> well, good. I mean, we're, we're getting to our last question. Time went really fast. <laughs> Ashley, we're going to have to have you on back again. I'd so, love it. So uh, the question that we always end with is, what does Jesus have to say about this topic? Um, I, this is fairly basic, but Aaron, why don't you, uh, we, we all answer so that if there's any heresy, you just, you kind of like, well, you know, you guys got that wrong, but go ahead. Aaron. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is, it's been a good conversation and, uh, this is definitely something that, um, Jesus cares a lot about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he cares so much about the state of our, our spiritual state that he, he, died for us uh and and then rose again for us so it's a big deal and we need to be um whether we're new christians old christians not a christian yeah i mean whatever wherever wherever we are in our spiritual journey we need to be being mindful of our spirits and i think um i think god wants that and you know i we've been talking about you know different we we were talking about spirituality at the beginning of this episode and then we got mm-hmm. into goals uh <laughs> and um i i think that that's uh i think at the end of the day you know what we've been talking about i think there's definitely different ideas that have popped up that have been helpful it's not necessarily rocket science we know that what we kind of we need to do it's more of we just need to develop a habit and and do it um and to achieve some of those smaller goals so that the bigger goal of trying to um, become more the person that God wants us to be is yep. is the direction that we're headed, whether it's through a spiritual retreat um, abroad or even at a, you know, someplace quiet, you know, yeah. um, or it's fasting or it's, um, 
you know, finding ways to spend time at Browncroft. We have four spiritual habits that we've been trying to emphasize, uh, spending time with God, spending time with others, knowing and using our gifts and sharing our faith. I loved that you brought that one up because that, that's definitely, you know, that's definitely a big one too. Um, yeah. where, where we could see God nourish our spirits as we're trying to do what he wants us to do to share with others. So, um, anyhow, I think that it's a, it's really important and it's a good challenge for the year ahead. Yeah. Um, so John Mark Comer in uh, Live No Lies says, remember the key to spiritual formation is to influence the things you can control mm -hmm. so that you influence the things you can't control. So mm -hmm. the things you can control is your habits. And then he says the things you can't control is your flesh. And that comes directly from Galatians 6, 7 and 8. What you sow is what you reap. And, yeah. and as I think about this question, like I think with spirituality, it's if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. Yeah. And wherever you are, whether you're de-churched, unchurched, new to faith, following Jesus, like there comes a point where you have to kind of sit down. And Ashley, I love what you said about goals. You have to write it down and share it with someone. And I think that that's true spirituality because I, I feel like there's some of us that are floating. And at times this is myself because we haven't put something in front of us or even sought God and said, God, I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but I'm going to put this in front of you, you know, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's coming back to church, whether it's getting that accountability partner and just taking that one little thing that we get pushed on and just to say, Hey, I'm going to pursue that and see what happens. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm feeling challenged from our conversation today. So yeah. that's what I think Jesus would say. Yeah, as we were talking, I, I pulled up Third John 1 and 2. Um, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as go well with your soul. Mm. So, you know, here it's like we're talking about spiritual goals. It's about looking at what we need to make sure that our soul is well. Mm. Right. How, how do I how do I fit, how do I sit down and really figure out, hey, Jesus, well, what do I need to do? to make sure that you touch every part of my being, mm. my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. And so even as we were talking about the necessity to read the Bible, right, for some people that needs to be accompanied with, with therapy, right? Mm. Because our emotions is a part of our soul and therapy might very well actually even bleed into helping accomplish a spiritual goal. Mm. Because if your goal are, are really tailored towards making sure that your your soul is well that's your mind that's your will and that's your emotion mm -hmm. and so the same way that we set goals for every other area in our life we have to make sure that we're consistently reassessing the condition of our soul and what our soul needs to be uh, replenished renourished and well mm. what a place to close where can people find you uh, I'm on I'm on Facebook Ashley R. Cross um, I'm also I have a uh, the hub what I'm sorry uh, www.thehub585.org or ashleyrcross.com all right well we're gonna have you back and this was great remember the best way to get a hold of us at why god why is to go to why god why podcast.com you can subscribe to our email that you'll find ashley and some other great guests in episodes too thank you so much for joining us mm -hmm.